0: Definitely would be exciting if we had a, a longer one, um, and especially, yeah, like you say.
1: <laughs> you always think that, don't <laughs> you, Hod? <Todd? laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We are back again on a Sunday, Arvo, even though we swore to never do it at this time again, we clearly forget one week down the track. Uh, back again with Keeney, how are you buddy?
2: Yeah, going well mate, I'll tell you what, the, the boys on the chat, they are pining for the podcast right now, so gee whiz, hot! I hope you hit him well mate,
0: how are you? I'm good Keeney, did not hit him well, um, yeah, a lot... Left to be desired out on the golf course today, but that's all right. I'll bring the form here. And I just need an announcement. We've got a new host of the podcast here, ladies and gentlemen. His name is no longer Benny the Bunny, it is Sam McClure, because Papa <laughs> believes he just gets an agenda and runs with it and runs himself into the ground. Papa is really feeling the heat about this one, Benny. He's not happy with you. I, sh- I
1: should say, Sammy. Sammy McClure yeah no I mean far be it for me to sort of just throw in a little throwaway line and Papa to hold it and run with that one I mean we've all seen his videos that he puts out every week for the punters club clearly well rehearsed and well scripted those ones so apologies Papa I'll be more of a professional like you are with those seven minute short videos every week (laughs) (laughs) very good all right well uh, you can give us a shout out at Twitter, Instagram. No one does, but you can. Just letting you know, <laughs> at EDLpod. Uh, we've had a few more posts go out this week, so make sure you check them out. Well done to Timos, who finally signed up. Yes. An avid That's non-Instagram him. user, yet he got on board. So well done. You're listening to podcasts now and you're using Instagram, so well done, mate. What a creep.
0: Every newsman in this city's laughing at us, and I don't like it.
1: And we'll go straight into injury news with our uh, Dr. Hoddy here because there's a few important ones to get through. Kick it off, mate.
0: Yes, we do. We have uh, Drew Brees, Old Balls breeze. He's, uh, to his credit, he actually played through some fractured ribs uh, before last week's games, but then um, copped that heavy hit. And now it's just come out today that 11 fractured ribs um, and a collapsed lung. So... He's been moved to short-term IR. That's left Papa in a little tricky position. I think he picked up PJ Walker, the XFL MVP off waivers during the week. Um, And Chase
1: Chase Daniel for 40 bucks, isn't it?
0: (coughs) Yes. Well, we all know that we can splurge on that waiver wire with not many consequences. But I don't know if it's been um, confirmed who the starter is there. I would expect it's Walker, but... They do have Will Greer, the um, high draft pick there. But um, also, Taysom Hill, just on the Drew Brees situation, Taysom Hill named the starter over Jameis, which is an interesting one. And we might have more on that a bit later in the episode. But uh, continuing with IR, we've, we've got Joe Mixon. We did last week um, just extend some pessimism around this foot situation. Now he's been moved to IR. For this league, it doesn't really have too many consequences because he's not going to help that franchise in any way known as the DFF, but um, yeah, not, not great for mixing there uh, with that foot sprain. it's, it's not getting too much better. Um, and then out this week, we've got Gulladay with the hip still, and there's some whispers around town that this, this may be something to do with the contract as well. Not just the hip pointer that he copped against the Colts a few weeks ago. So watch this space there. Jonathan Swift. With a concussion, ill-timed. I'll, uh, I'll talk about that in the review later um, Later on there. But yeah, that's um, ill-timed for the young running back there. CMC with the shoulder, doesn't look good. He's uh, Every report that comes out, it's erring on the side of caution with him. So they've got another game next week and then a bye, I believe. So I wonder if they yeah. hold him out until our fantasy playoffs anyway. Yeah. Um, We'll see how that goes. But Brandon Ayuk, he's on uh, COVID. And then another old-timer, Greg Olsen, ruptured his fascia, the plantar fascia there in the foot. So um, they're talking about career ending there. He's sitting on Tim squad as the backup to Irv Smith. So um, that would be sad if that career is over. It's been a very good one. But um, League News, kick us off.
1: Yeah, we just wanted to uh, jump in and say that with the trade window now closed, uh, not a lot of league news this week, but there have been multiple owners uh, make mention of a longer trade window, potentially going right up to the edge of the regular season, just because I think especially what we're finding out now is that having all of the divisional games back ended to the season, there's so much to play out in these remaining weeks. And I I think when we were deciding on this trade deadline, we sort of looked at it very much with that redraft mentality. So, Definitely one that we'll revisit in the off-season and uh, see where we land because it would be exciting if there were still trades to talk about. Any other thoughts on that or move on?
0: No, I agree fully. Um, definitely definitely would be exciting if we had a, a longer one. Um, and especially, yeah, like you say.
1: <laughs> you always <laughs> think that, don't you, Hud?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just given the, the magnitude of the divisional games, I think it would be good to have some room to pivot if needed. Um, But, yeah, fully agree there.
1: All right, moving on to reviews. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. (laughs) And first up, we have the Park City Lions 108.04 sitting now at six and four record defeating oj's legal team 103.40 has Ooh. fallen to a five and five another loss and where do we start i mean we probably have to start with the the oj's legal team new theme song and, free. Free and that is the position that jake finds himself in this league now he was he was high as a kite during the start of this season nothing could get him down and as we've just jumped into divisional games he's gone 0 and 3 against every divisional opponent <laughs> he's faced and he is starting to get a bit concerned i think with where his squad's at Hod. did he start
0: 5 and 0 or what did he start the season as maybe oh, 5 I and 1
1: i think it was 5 and 1 5 and five 1, and one. Two but two i don't yeah i think there might have been a loss sprinkled in there before 5-0 and so yeah no very strong Jeremy. start from him and and we'll get into uh sort of where his scoring was at then versus now but obviously he's had a few different things play out like most teams you know unfortunately Papa, not only your team that gets injuries other other people do have to deal with them sometimes and uh we just don't hear as much from those other people as you so that's okay <laughs> Uh, So yeah, look, I had to scroll back to our group chat in about early September to see the last time that Jake actually contributed to it. Um, He's gone from the most vocal member in the league through the whole preseason when he was crowned preseason champion and through the first three weeks of the season where he was averaging 167 points a game to basically being non-existent now. Um, We did do a check-in with him the other day and he put a meme up or a gif up of Kermit the Frog jumping off a building. So... That's sort of where he's sitting at the moment. uh, So, yeah, he was 5-2 heading into divisional game section of his schedule, poised to cement his spot at the top of the division and in the playoffs. And then in the last three weeks, he's gone 0-3 in the division. And he's averaging in that time 104.56. So it's not like he has uh, faced necessarily tough matchups. It's just that his team is well and truly underperformed in the last three weeks. So let's actually focus on this game, though. And uh, you could look at Jake's score and say that the his fantasy gods were on holiday. But uh, fortunately for Jake, he had uh, Papa's bullshit punters luck on his side. And Papa had been on an absolute tear in our punters league, uh, picking up successful legs, even when someone else puts the wrong leg on for him. Uh, but he also, Papa had DeAndre Hopkins' anytime touchdown score, which was never in doubt, was it? So when Jake... Uh, he was always going to get the six points there in that last hail mary end to that game, and then couple that with the return of my chub, uh, who broke off a 59 yard run, only to selflessly step out of bounds at the one yard line, uh, rather than take the glory of a TD. So there was a bit of a 12 point swing right there, and uh, but those those plays still didn't go his way in the end. Uh, well, yeah,
0: what did you think? What did you think of that, Ben? Because um, it's obviously been there's been some implications not only with for fantasy but for gambling um it was just an interesting call by chubb because i would have thought he would have gone down and not out of bounds i know it ends up in the same situation but the idea is to run
2: out the clock not give the clock a a chance to stop yeah Um, as you very well know hod when you when um you are Chubb, it is hard sometimes to go down on cue (laughs) So you can hardly blame the great man.
1: I, I no. could just tell from the twinkle in Keaney's eye then that he had something up his sleeve ready to go. Something special. He oh he god! Sure did. I look. I personally, I like when players do this. I, I reckon it's such a selfish league at times, the NFL, where um, defenders will go for that uh, pick on a fourth down hail mary rather than just batter it to the ground and and have better field position at the end because there's incentives in their contract. So I think absolutely he did the right thing by not going for the touchdown. But I agree, probably falling to the ground in front of the one-yard line uh, would have been a better option of the two. But I guess it it didn't make an impact in the end.
0: No, you're spot on. And look, I'm all for it. Me and and Chubb, we both hang left. So we'll we'll move on with that (laughs) one.
1: (laughs) Wow.
2: (laughs) Too much info.
1: Oh, God. Well, uh, yeah, looking still at Jake's team here, Benny Roth, he's he's looking pretty good at the moment. Um, put up a twenty-eight, I think it was in the end. But Drew Lock's got to still be a concern for him. He he absolutely struggled. And other than Hopkins and burger for Jake. No other players put up a double-digit score on his team. And Keelan Cole was the only sort of bright spot on his bench as well out of that entire bench. So there's a few things that uh, he'll be pretty disappointed with out of his side this week. So on the other side of it, it was nice to have my chub again. Um, even with his selfless act, he still put up 18.6. Fulgham, Judy, Rager, they all underwhelmed. But Ayuk continues to put up solid scores on the season. So it's a bit disappointing he's got... Uh, he's out with COVID, so hopefully he's not missing the game. He's just in the protocol at this point. Uh, and my running back depth is actually looking pretty good at this stage, which is a bit of a surprise because names like Burkhead, Malcolm Brown, and Kalen Ballage are all having had solid games. And there's a bit of a head wobble going on, as I say there's that. A That's right, Ken. massive head
2: wobble to start the podcast.
1: And Jeez. I'll continue with some head wobbles because I was more than happy to break my ten-game consecutive huh. streak of correct picks in this uh, by picking Jake there. And and I think uh, I can categorically say that the juice was worth the squeeze. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just reading that last comment with the running back depth there. We're we reviewing your team or Manning's because Birkhead, Malcolm Brown and Balage, that seems like an awfully uh, running back room for the haircuts. I would have thought, but uh, I'll yeah. just quickly, quickly comment on, um, this slide by OJ's legal team is there any coincidence that just with COVID going on and I'm not a religious man, but you know, Sundays are for church and have, has churches stopped during COVID because Jake can't get in touch with the halo heads as we like to call them. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but I like uh,
2: it. It's no, reasonably sharp from you, Hod.
1: He, uh, yeah, he's hated the fact that we started to mention this fantasy god comment that he made, but I think if you track the pods ever since we have brought this up on the podcast, he has <laughs> underwhelmed. So, there could be something to it, I don't know.
0: We've definitely uh, what's the saying with the inch and the mile? We've we've gone the mile definitely. Give him an inch and we will part. take
1: a mile. Yeah, spot yeah. on. All right, Keeney. let's uh let's get some professionalism back on this pod if we yeah, have no <laughs> Yeah,
2: no problem. I'll try my best, well. The uh, the next game was the Grouse 103 getting beaten by Papa's Punishers at 118. Now he moves to six and four. So it was a big win for Papa. And it was a big effort considering all the injuries that he had to overcome and didn't we hear about it. But I think the big news in this one was that injury to Drew Brees and the ramifications that has on the Punishers' ability to put up enough points or, or wins to get him into the playoffs going forward. I think it really is a pretty big injury for him. And um, while, while I do speak about Drew Brees, we've actually been able to track down some exclusive audio here on the pod of Breeze trying to put a sentence together straight after that injury happened, where he broke a few ribs and his lung was collapsed. And I can tell you, it did not sound easy for him to get his words out. This is the first year of one that we haven't, I haven't got to a conclusion, a unanimous
1: inc- conclusion. But anyway, <laughs> how I got that, didn't get that one out, did I? <laughs>
2: I tell you what, you got a feel for for young Drew there. He he sounded like he didn't know where he was. He couldn't get any air in. He was mixing up his words. I hope that is not too bad for for Drew. But we'll keep moving on with this game. It was a big game from um, the Bucks last week. They put up forty six against Carolina, and Brady scored thirty one point eight off the back of that, which really helped them. Uh, which really helped Papa get over the line in this one. Um, It wasn't really a pretty game for Papa in terms of his overall score outside of Brady, but at this point of the year, I think for him winning games um, against teams he should be beating um, is really all that's required. He gets Kelsey back this week, who's basically the only tight end one lock each and every week. So be pleased to uh, get him back into the lineup. Uh, From my point of view, a few poor poor performances from my boys in a few high draft investments, such as Jonathan Taylor, who's been a little bit of a concern. AJ Brown had a bit of an off week, but he's been okay. And Carson Wentz, gee whiz, he looks a bit uh, stinky with the pill at the minute. He did have a a reasonable season up until the last couple of weeks, but he hasn't been great, and they they've certainly underwhelmed. Promising signs, though, for me. Daniel Jones and two are probably the only two things that I can hang my hat on. At the moment, as I do look towards 2021, but I'll still keep trying to fire in a couple of upsets as we go. I will say, though, the fantasy gods do affect all comers when it comes to fantasy football. And um, I think just all rational thinking can just fly out the window. I received a text from the punishers after all the games and the, the Monday game was remaining. And he was genuinely concerned about big Damien Harris putting up 30 against him. <laughs> um when the Pats were playing the Ravens. I mean, I know it's it's good to say that he's fully invested in the league, but Papa, come on, mate. Seriously, just just relax. Have a take a breath, mate. Jesus. Big Damo's not gonna put up 30. Just yeah, come. Well, uh,
0: we'll uh we'll continue. But Dam- before you do though,
2: I yes. you know, I just need
0: Sorry. a little bit of limelight. I got that prediction oh, true. So Jesus get around me. You go now. Oh, well, from limelight to low light I did not get this correct but there was a bit of reverse moz in this prediction last week I must admit oh. but uh yeah, well, Diego- I didn't know if it was
1: you or Matt predicting this game with the old reverse moz that you put on
0: No I didn't I didn't have any money on San Diego Demons to win so <laughs> I couldn't have been Matt uh but couldn't be me sorry but uh San Diego Demons 73 uh, up against myself with just a I don't know what you'd call it—mediocre, 121—but pretty underwhelming matchup this played out to be. Really, um, the quarterbacks for both teams were just okay. Uh, it must be noted, though, Deshaun and Cam going up against each other—they faced some awful weather. There was um, some gusty winds in Cleveland, which was a 10 to 7 total score, and Cam was in a monsoon as uh, <laughs> as we've we've been through in Japan, Papa and I. But um, Mullins. Put up a Mullen and Alex Smith looked actually half decent throwing for 350 yards, but he handed the ball off three times from inside the two to the running backs, which hurt a little bit. But it is, um, yeah, just on Alex Smith. Now Rivera's come out and saying he could be our quarterback of the future, but I think the, I think he probably a better chance he's holding a clipboard next year than um, playing going around again. But we'll see what what happens there. But the highlight for me, big Rojo, he came through and I was a little nervous. I, I must admit, I, I get up at five to watch this game and I'm tired, a little bit you know, grumpy at that time. And then I just get a text from Scoot after Jones has fumbled after his third touch. Scoot, I don't need your messages in the good times, let alone the bad. So just keep it to yourself. But... Credit to Arians. He put some confidence back in Rojo after the fumble, and it paid off with 192 yards and a touchdown, including a 98-yard scamper, which we don't see too often. So scamper.
2: that
0: was a that was a good one there. And um, Hunt and McLaurin put up good days for uh, Camo, but that was really it. Not not just for Camo's side, for both sides. Um Thielen and Godwin were were pretty solid, but it was, as I said, a mediocre. Matchup between the two of us, unfortunately. But um, we'll move on to Jim speaking, City.
1: Speaking of mediocre, go on with the next game.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, well one side of it. But uh, the Stallions, that's a respectable 125, um, moves to four and six and Come on. Um, did what he needed to do to keep his playoff hopes alive. There's a little bit of, I don't know, he's a bit of a dark horse here, Jim. Um, but he defeated the DFF an 86.1% which is pretty good for the DFF, um, he's, but he's, Rogers—he's more of a dark stallion, isn't he? Oh, yes. If you want to be technical, but, but Rogers and Cousins uh, both had good days, um, and just a—this is a crazy one here. Kirk Cousins got his first ever win on Monday Night Football. Was previously 0 and 9, um, so he—he he was up and about after the game, and rightly so. Um, Oh, I've just zoomed in on... I hate these Mac computers. Jesus. Um, But uh, Josh Jacobs had an absolute day out. And he seems... There's there's a trend with Josh Jacobs. He seems to be fantastic in games the Raiders win or get a positive game script in, but can get phased out of games when they trail. Um, So Jim wants the Raiders up early, early. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, get that positive game strip because when he has it, he's phenomenal, Jacobs. And, um, but there, is there a concern here, boys? I'll get your thoughts. Devontae Booker has been a little uh, development in recent games because um, he's, he's at a 12 and a 20 score. So I wonder if the Raiders, they are well and truly in the playoff hunt here and I wonder if they keep Jacobs a little fresher for this playoff run and, and continue to get Booker the ball um, any thoughts on that boys
1: yeah I um I, I agree with you that there definitely seems like you know Jacobs has been nicked up a bit in in recent history and I reckon I do want to sort of keep him uh not managing as big a workload so what was it 36% of the snaps is what Booker had last week and 25% the week before I reckon that will slightly increase as uh so he had sixteen carries in that game. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that if they can, if they've got two performing running backs, I think any um, NFL organization would always try and protect uh, the tread on the tires of of one of their star running backs if they've got a bloke who can perform behind him.
2: I didn't. Absolutely. I didn't see a lot of that game, but they obviously won pretty handily. So was he, was Booker coming in more to the back end of the game, or was he involved throughout? Because sixteen carries is a fair workload unless he was just it took all the junk time at the end. I would, I would be somewhat concerned about that. Yeah, no, I think, I think it was, I think
0: Jacob's got the early, well, definitely. I don't know about the touches split, but definitely early. He got the first two touchdowns, I believe. And, and Booker came in and got the last two. So I don't think there's any concern there. It's, you know, we've seen with Kamara, um, he only has 50 to 60% of the touches and he's a freak. So, you know, it's not everything you need, but, um, just an interesting development there. Um, and we'll move on to the the DFF. There hasn't been many shining lights for him this year, but Cole Beasley may be his best player, which is saying a lot. Um, he's put up a very nice, oh no, done it again. Put up a very <laughs> nice 22 points here. And let, let me work it out, Keeney, I'm, I'm here. But it uh, must be noted, the DFF has invested in a few young running backs from this year's draft class. And, Our very own Jonathan Swift is starting to turn a corner, it seems, for the Detroit Lions. His concussion is ill-timed for sure, but he definitely could be a nice piece for the DFF squad um, when they are relevant in 2029. But before we move on, there is one member of this league who feels that the Empire Dynasty League would be best moving forward without the DFF. There is an active petition going around league circles seeking his removal. You boys seen this yet? Is it, has it made your desks?
1: No, not yet.
2: Phyllis. hasn't. And um, I was shocked when you
0: mentioned it. To be honest, when I mentioned it just then, yeah, I've, I've dropped an absolute bombshell, and I had a firm—I definitely had a firm stance on this when it arrived at my desk. I refused to sign the document because I want the DFF in the Sonny Weaver Junior Division for as long as possible. But it's definitely a watch this space for sure. Um, I'll be intrigued to see how the league GMs respond to this
2: petition. Moving on. Well, I'll tell you what. The, I was just going to say before, if that's not the biggest backhanded compliment I've ever heard about Cole Beasley being his best young player, <laughs> was, oh, I don't that's know if, about as low as you can
0: go. I don't know if I said young player. I think he's nearing 30, 31, I Cole. think. He
1: no, there you go. He's currently sitting but, wide receiver 19 in the year, so, and 50 we, overall.
2: And look, look, I don't think anyone really wants to get rid of the DFF in dynasty. I mean, I'm just excited for, for what he can, um, he can build this factory into. I know he's taken big inspiration from Ned guy recently. And um, if he can kind of follow along that track, it's going to be very, very interesting to see where this squad ends up in a couple of years time.
0: Well, do you, just before we move on, do you have any idea? Do you want to have a stab at who may be behind this petition?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'll have a stab who's behind it. But before I do, I reckon there's no surprise that you didn't want to sign off on it, Hod, because a uh, guaranteed <laughs> two wins in your division every year. That's uh, 33% of your wins on the season so far. Uh, well,
0: not a, not every year. It'll be for the next eight. Nine. 2029.
1: 20, <laughs> so, that's generous. That's Kenny? Yeah. Who, who, who's behind it? Oh, you didn't answer, Ben. Well, no, I didn't. I I, I would have know. picked the bloke who was fuming about him last week who had this to say earlier. You're fucking taking the fucking piss. Fucking be better,
2: mate. <laughs> that
1: that would be my prediction, who, who put that
2: across the list. It, it would, for mine, it could only be someone who is in, in competition with you, Hod. So feels ah, like you're getting point. an unfair advantage. Yeah. That, that would be where I'm going with
1: it. Who who that, was it?
2: That screams a well,
1: sour sour grape scooter. If I've yeah, ever heard it.
0: Oh well, I don't want to confirm or deny, but it may <laughs> be someone who has too much time on his hands, and it may his name may rhyme with Matt Sheehan, but it uh, <laughs> <laughs> may
2: may rhyme with Uda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, found that very amusing.
1: Oh, very good. All right, we'll move on to the last game, uh, which features none other. Good segue there, Segu. Uh, Johnny United's haircut scoring one hundred one point three four, sitting at five and five now. Defeated by the Bayside Executioners at one hundred nine point zero four, and has moved up to an equal best on, in the league, eight and two. Um, not once again, not great scoring from both teams, but just enough to get it done for Scooter, and that's kind of all he needs to. With um, I think now, oh, no, technically. Uh, all three members of the division are within reach. The best that uh, Manny and Jake can get is a tie if Scoot was to lose every game from here, and I might be able to pip him by one if I was to win every and he was to lose. So he's about one win off securing this division potentially, um, which is means that it's well and truly in his grasp and his scoring is looking solid. So executioners haven't had a score this low though since week six, but the more concerning part is that Scoot set a lineup that was 97% of his best potential score this week. So even with a perfect lineup, he would have only put up 112. So he will be hoping that his uh, players' scores this week were a bit of an outlier and not some trend going forward. So while I put this down to an outlier, I reckon uh, it's no surprise that when Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams have just serviceable weeks rather than the elite weeks they've been putting out Um, his team is brought back down to earth. So lucky for him that this has barely happened in 2020, but with the playoffs around the corner, I reckon he will be looking at the players like Kenny Golladay with that hip slash contract situation that you spoke of. And I think he'll just be itching to see that out tag removed from beside his name there, just as we round the corner to playoffs. For Manny, uh, it was also a down week, but... uh, sorry, down week for the players that have put his team on their back um, for big scores too. So Wilson and Burrow combined for 22, which is unheard of this year. Uh, Wilson alone hasn't scored under 20 since week four. Um, Michael Thomas, snap percentage increased, but his output went down, which would have been disappointing for him. But looking ahead uh, at his schedule, Thomas has some good matchups with Atlanta twice and Denver, but uh, the uncertainty at quarterbacks probably going to be the only negative going on there. Is it going to be Taysom Hill for the rest of the season? Is it going to be Jameis Winston coming in at some point? We don't know. Uh, and positives for many though have to be Deontay Johnson and Justin Jefferson who continue to both tear it up. And I reckon Jefferson's putting together a pretty good case to be potentially the first ever wide receiver rookie to win offensive rookie of the year. So um, yeah, he's having an unbelievable season. So Look, shocking pun in my prediction last week, but a correct prediction nonetheless. Hod?
0: Yeah, I just want to go back to, you brought up Russ, underwhelming there. Um, And has there been a shift here? The last two weeks, he was very un-Russ-like. Sorry, the two weeks before uh, the last week. He had, I think it was six turnovers or something. Um, And we know what the Seahawks have been forever. And I just wonder whether on the weekend, uh, on Thursday night football against the Cards, he came out and only had 28 passes and they got back to their mojo of playing good D and running the ball. So they've obviously been um, on a freaky pace this year, Russ um, and the likes of Lockett and Metcalf, but you just wonder whether they've tinkered a little bit here with the turnovers of recent times and, Going back to what has given them success over a sustained period.
1: It's a good point. Uh, there? No, a good point. You mentioned there, if you go back to uh, week seven, he had 50 attempts against Arizona, which is pretty insane for their sort of standards, but he had three picks that week. Um, then you're right. Weeks nine and 10, 41, 37 attempts, two picks in each of those games. And then he's gone down like, in the Thursday night game to his uh, season low of 28 attempts. And, uh, yeah, got the job done there. So, a bit of a weird team, Seattle, this year. They're, they're very, very hard to sort of predict. Bad on defense, good on offense, but mixed bag all round. Keeney?
2: Yeah, and I think that's a fair part of it as well. I think they've been missing Carson for a few weeks. They did get some running back help back this week. Um, their defense has been so bad that Russell's has had to do it all a little bit. So, I think... Um, it's kind of got to that stage where they've been down double digits in a few games and it's, you know, the way they get back into it quickly is let Russ throw the ball. So um, I think you're right there, hot. I think they'd rather play that kind of get Chris Carson back in the lineup, run the ball a bit better, play better defense and and use Wilson when he needs to be used. Well, it's, and the Carlos Dunlap signing is a little underrated.
0: He's a very handy player that's played in a shit day for many years, so... He's come in and and every week he's had a sack, I think, and made a real difference. So Won the game
1: for him with that last play.
0: Um, and just the last one on this, DK Metcalf. He's getting a little bit sooky out there. Um, tempers are flying and Russ is not... He didn't look at him against the cards a few weeks ago. So, uh, he had a great day against Buffalo with Tredavious White. Um, then had a tough game against Jalen Ramsey. Um, was... Uh, Very frustrated. The camera was on him quite a bit. And then a bit of the same on the weekend. Uh, He's not getting the targets that he was earlier in the year. And he's just getting that suki Prima Donna wide receiver sort of personality about him. I think he's better than that to go down that path. But it's just one to watch.
1: Is he though? A bloke who gets drafted and walks in to meet his coach and GM with no top on. Is he really better than that? (laughs) I reckon he showed the signs from day one, mate.
2: Well, he, he wouldn't be the first, would he?
1: No, that's no. for sure.
2: Happens a fair bit. Let's move on to uh, the matchup of the week from last week, and that was the McMahon boys going at it. Prestige Worldwide 133 drops down to six and four after getting beaten by the straight cash homies, 164. And I will say, I do have to apologise to Timos. I didn't make it known to the league that he did win the highest scoring uh, team for week ten as well. So another twenty bucks goes into the kitty. I think he's up to sixty on the year now. So pay for his entry. And some. Um, And I never did get back to you last week on the on the pod, Hod. The winner of this league does get 250 large. Um And second gets their entrance back with 50 bucks. So just to clear that up for the boys. But uh, well done to Timo's third, third week this year where you've had the highest score. And gee whiz, he's looking ominous.
1: His scoring has been unbelievable this year. He's going beautifully. He's had how many weeks in 160? It's insane.
2: Yeah, he's going real well. Just going back to this um, matchup, though, I'm told there was a, a fair bit of tension um, before the matchup, and we actually have some audio of the boys meeting up last week, and I can tell you that the mind games began pretty early. I have a green belt. Read it and weep. I don't believe in belts. There should be no ranking system for toughness. But one time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands. It's not true, Dale. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs>
1: A tense dinner between the McMahons the other night. It
2: was, and um, we are very fortunate to get that vision through to our desk, which is um, we thank them both for allowing us to use it. Uh, thanks um, to Stacey
1: for filming it. That was good. Yeah,
2: yeah. Thanks, Stacey. Um, let's go and go back to this game, though. I think the Prestige Worldwide are a little bit stiff in this one. He was the number two score for the week, and he came up against the juggernaut of the straight cash homies, so a little bit stiff there. But looking through... And going back to Tim's startup draft, drafts, I think we've done this a couple of times, but let's just have a look at it. I mean, his first five picks were Kyler Murray, who's the number one QB on the, in the league and the number one player in fantasy this year. Uh, Kamara is the number one running back on the year. Diggs is the number two wide receiver. Metcalf is the number four wide receiver. And Mike Evans is the number 16 wide receiver. So when you're making those five selections with your first five picks, Kudos to you, Timos. You've done beautifully there. And I think, um, I think it's safe to say if we did a redraft right now in Dynasty, I think Kyler would definitely be in the top five. And I think Metcalf would definitely be in the top 10. So um, got some great value off those two blokes in, in particular off that startup. Time will tell if um, they'll continue their run of form, though, throughout the year. And, and we'll see if that gets him through to the championship and allows him to win it. But um, I'll tell you what, he's tracking very nicely. Tim did have the old back-to-back TD drives in that crazy Bills and Cards game, if you're watching it, with Stefan Diggs um, on one side and then the Hale Murray, as everyone's calling it, um, on the other side. But um, I know there was a few complaints from the Prestige Worldwide with how unlucky he was there. But he did have Kyle Allen on the other side of it passing to um, Diggs in that, in that final drive. So I think there was only about plus 10 um, at the end of the day in those two drives. So... You know, he won by 30-odd, so all credit goes to Tim. I don't think that was the, the difference between the two. Um, from Matt's point of view, though, it was a nice start decision with Jakeem Grant from Miami. I was a bit unsure about that one, but he did score, so that was nice. He just had a bit of a disappointing outing from uh, Jared Goff and Evan Ingram, Benjamin, um, which really did cost him any chance of getting up to that 160 range and competing with, with Timos this week i tell you what though, it was a very nice matchup this one and I think it's potentially a preview of things to come in the playoffs in the playoffs um, in the next few weeks. Who knows, but it would not surprise me one bit and I think Matt's got a little bit of upside there with Austin Eckler if he can get back into the fold. So, yeah, we may see these two going at it again. Um, prediction-wise for me, apologies to Matt. I put the moz on you. Got that one wrong.
1: Yeah, and uh, and Flipper Allen is now on Matt's team throwing touchdowns with a broken ankle as well. Josh Allen, I reckon. Is that how you meant? Oh, I say Kyle Allen. said Kyle. <laughs> Jeez, how am I going? All good. Uh, although it's it's interesting in the predictions record now. We all went one and one. So 13 and five I'm on. And then Brody oh. and Keeney both on nine and nine. So nice and close there. Moving to the power rankings. That's the power of love. And I will kick it off in the power rankings and I won't spend too long in my third rent because uh, there's been no change. So there's no point spending too long here. DFF at 12 still, Grouse at 11 still, Demons at 10 still and the Stallions still at nine. And now I'll move on to Hoddick where the rest of the movement has started to take place.
0: Yes, we love a bit of movement and we've got Johnny United's haircuts down one spot to the 8th. Position, Pappas punishes keep trending downwards. Um, got a win, but has gone down to seven. The Park City Cubs have moved up to the top six. Woo-hoo! Two spots. Did a fancy for the young Cubs and old fantasy gods. Legal team five and five. Now he's moved from third to fifth. So something he wants to correct pretty quickly. Is that, Not from, only he
2: moved.
1: Yeah, is that from one down to five in two weeks, One,
2: one to five in two weeks, Gee I believe. I've done, the, I've, I've done the numbers. I've done the math. And, <laughs> that, is one. A, and that is a drop of four <laughs> spots in two weeks at an average
1: of two per week. That's why we pay you hey, the big bucks playoffs, to crunch the numbers here. By the playoffs, he's going to be the eleven seed. Oh, <laughs>
0: All right, let's
2: uh Someone on has on. his
0: first rounder too. Who's that?
2: Oh. The DFF. Oh, he'll oh, be happy. He's, been, he's he's all over it, that bloke, I tell you what. Um, let's move on to the top third rent and didn't take long for him to scoot back into the top four. It's the prestige worldwide with a respectable loss and the people have seen that and thought, yep, I'm going to bump him up from five up to four. The Humdingers sit at number three, leading his... Great division there. Um, and the top two who have really separated from the rest of the pack here, I think they basically got all the top two in out of the power rankings, which, which makes a lot of sense. But i tell you what, we do have a new number one, which means that number two goes to the Bayside Executioners. And number one for the first time this year, I think it's fitting, because he's the team in the most form at the moment, that is Timos. The straight cash homies Eight and two in the number one seed.
1: Oh, well, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, it sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in
0: the Geneva Convention. Look at us.
1: And into week eleven, we are going into the previous four now. And Hod, you kick it off with your fine self facing a divisional opponent.
0: An absolute blockbuster here in the Sunny Weaver Junior Division slash NFC East. You've got to love this. <laughs> we've got the Jim City Stallions at four and six, still within reach. And we've got to play each other twice in the last three weeks here. So this is a big <sighs> matchup against the Dingers at six and four. Now.
1: This would be a sealer me. if you got it off
0: Jim, wouldn't it? Uh, this would seal it. I need one out of the final three to seal it. And oh. this is, uh, this is very thais like I must admit, but this is the text I got from Jim Hansen on the 19th of November at 9.12am. You'll beat me in Dynasty. I've got shit matchups this week. Rodgers against Indy. Henry against Baltimore. Crowder against the Chargers. Hendo against Tompa. Hendo.
1: And Husband's
0: may have to score a 54-meter win, whilst you've got <laughs> Cam, Davis, and Drake with easy matchups. Now, spare me, Jim. Henry against Baltimore, they can't stop the run. I think that's actually a sneaky game there. Um, The formula in that playoff game was to feed him and he did very well. So I think I am going to disagree with Jim here and I'm going to try and keep reverse-mozzing myself to this division title. And I think the Stallions might get up here in a tight dorsal.
2: Wow-wee. Wouldn't that put a cat amongst the pigeons if the old stallions knocked you off, Hod?
1: Yeah, good. Would make it very interesting in that division. I would love to see it. Purely for the spectacle of the league.
0: It would make it for an absolute showdown against the DFF the week after. Because I will look a bit forward. In week 13, our next game, Jim and I... I've got the Biopocalypse, so I'm zero chance to beat that one. So, even more reason for this one to be a big one.
2: Ooh. It's, the first, it's the first ever doublé reverse Moz on the pot. It really <laughs> He's is. He's backed it up into week 13. All right, I'm going to preview my game with the number one seed here the Grouse, three and seven, taking on the straight cash homies at eight and two. A playoff clinch here at stake for the straight cash homies. If he can find a winner, he will be clinching that playoff berth. But I will say I do have an outstanding historical record when I come up against the number one seed in this competition in this league because I did get the better of Jake earlier on in the year. So 1-0 and all time. <laughs> and that is a good enough sample for me to be pretty confident heading into this one. So look out, Timos. Um, a couple of interesting QB receiver matchups in this one as well with um, the Grouse holding Wentz. Timos has got up. Got hurt. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Timos also has Tannehill while I've got AJ Brown. So a couple of little cross-offs here, little blocks will be interesting to see how that plays out. And speaking of Tannehill, I think one of the most interesting subplots of this one is Tannehill at Baltimore is currently in Timos' super flex. Now is Timos tempted to trot out Taysom Hill against Atlanta in the dome? I think it would have to be on his mind and I'm just really intrigued to see a, if he does it, and B, how it affects his other boy, Kamara, in this one as well. So Timos, I think he's got a decision to be to be made there. I think he's the deserved favorite, obviously, in this one, but there could be some favorable matchups for the Grouse with Evans and, and Ramsey going up against each other. Fuller, I think Belichick could try and take him out. Um, and it could come down to Juju v. Clay Poulos for Pittsburgh. So probably a little bit of wishful thinking there on my so I will predict the straight cash homies to get this one done and clinch a playoff berth very Very nice like here just
0: throwing in some shade over who he's playing in the super flex playing the mind
2: games (laughs) (laughs) what do you can I just get a quick um thought from both of you on just that that Tannehill v Taysom matchup it's a risky one
1: yeah, I, I think if you could guarantee that Hill plays the entire game, you would go with him. But there is still some doubt that, who knows, if he throws a pick early in the game, do they swap him out for Jameis? I guess that's the unknown that you would be facing.
0: My only thought on this is if Timos does play Taysom Hill in the super flex, I will go to the league book and I will check that linebackers are not allowed to play in the super flex <laughs> position because he's not a quarterback He's a bloody linebacker playing on offense, so I will challenge that.
1: I did just check if he had dual position status, because if he had tight end status, he could have put him at tight end. He could have got an extra half point. If he uh, got a reception, it would have been glorious. I can (laughs) confirm that
0: it's ESPN who run him as the dual position in tight end because Papa picked him up in another league that he does. Did you boys know he does a third league?
2: Ooh, Only so just found out, and he reckons he's going real well, which is no great surprise. He's probably it's probably <laughs> like a group of five year olds so get a little, <laughs> <laughs> get a W on the board. Oh, yeah. with, with, with respect to Timos, I think because he's playing me and, and my team's not going great at the moment. I'd just he probably plays it safe here. I think for the high high variance is the Taysom Hill player. I think playing it safe against me. Is the way to go, Tim Oster. Just way to go, digging mate. further in. Look at him;
0: it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> Can't
0: wait. Now the oh. pressure's on Tim Oster. Play <clears throat> the own right man.
1: We'll move on to the Park City Lions at six and four, taking on the Johnny United's Haircuts at five and five. And we've been tightly locked in the power rankings, Manny and I, and our teams have been scoring pretty similarly for the past few weeks. So this game will really separate the two of us, I think. Uh, will probably determine the direction we take for the rest of the season. Not that there's much of it to go. But uh, Manny off to a strong start. He's already had Wilson play the Thursday night game. Uh, He definitely made up for the nine that he put up last week and he scored a respectable 20.08 in that game. However, he also did roll out DJ Dallas for a 4.2 and Christian Kirk for a 7, which did soften the blow for my side there. So uh, three players combining for what was it, 30... To uh year thirty one, um not not the worst start when it could have been quite damaging. Looking at the three that he rolled out there, so Burrow and Herbert they get to go head to head for bragging rights for one of the best rookie quarterbacks for this season. I know Tua would be in there, but in terms of how many games they've played, it's probably between those two at this point. The haircuts, young wide receivers in Jefferson and Deontay. I spoke about them earlier, but they both have very nice matchups. And I, I do fear that they're going to do a lot of the damage on the scoreboard this week against me. So I'm a bit wary of that matchup there. And then, yeah, despite me sort of thinking that Michael Thomas will see plenty of targets from Taysom, I still think that because it's the first week with that QB change, that really anything could happen. And, and I reckon that maybe it might take a week for them to sort of sort out their uh, chemistry there. And as I even mentioned earlier, do we even know that... You know, if Taysom struggles early, are they going to keep him in and persist or are they going to swap him out for Jameis? And I think that is a little bit of the unknown with anyone in that game there. Um, over on my side, Ayuk, is currently, he's been one of my more consistent players actually, but he's um, he's currently sitting out this week uh, on bye. And then uh, I've got Amari Cooper coming in who it looks like Andy Dalton is going to be throwing the ball to him. So that's a slight uptick from him, from Danucci or whoever that bloke was that was throwing yeah, the right. ball. And uh, no, Oh, yeah. I haven't watched a second of no, Dallas no. play this year after <laughs> Dak went down. So could not even tell you. But uh, yeah, so hopefully Cooper can, can have some damage on the scoreboard because he actually started the season pretty nicely um, with that high-scoring offense. And then Lamar... He's scored only over 20 points, only four times this season, with his highest of those being a 28 in week six. And then compare that to last season, where through 10 weeks, he'd scored over 28 times, and even four of those were over 30. So, making a prediction here that he's going to score over 30 for the first time this season against the Tennessee Titans. So, he will find some of that form that he had last year because he has been pretty far off it this year. He's definitely regressed to the mean as a lot of people would have predicted. Um, yeah, look, my prediction here, after studying this game pretty closely, um, and even with the average start from DJ and Kirk, I still am giving the slight edge here to the haircuts just with those strong matchups at wide receiver. Uh, his running backs are nothing to be desired as he's rolling out on and DJ, uh, but his four remaining wide receivers are all absolute studs and I think will... We'll all put up solid scores this week and push his team towards the fringe of playoffs. There's a haircut pun <laughs> for you there, boys.
2: No, I got that. That was actually pretty good. <laughs>
1: but how's the how's triple
2: reverse mosey from all three of us?
1: Yes. Oh, I like it.
2: Well
0: You're running a nice fringe at the moment, Ben. And uh, apologies to the listeners. If you uh, if you can just go to one and a half speed on Ben's preview, geez, that was took forever. Uh, mate, I'll keep this. I
1: can't keep this Last short week I sharp. keep it brief, and you you pop Jesus me for that, and then I give Christ. more in-depth analysis, and you pop me for that. Unreal. So on the Goldilocks.
0: With my one, you'll have to slow this down to 0.5 and I'll sound drunk. It's hilarious if anyone wants to do it. <laughs> but uh, San Diego Demons. 3-7 and seven up against the DFF, Owen 10. Now, let's just hope the DFF has as much motivation to beat Camo this week as he does to beat Keeney in our other league. Now, let's just provide a bit of insight here as to the week leading up to this game in our other league. Sorry to cross over, but I think it's worth the listeners' attention. Now, Boston Celtics wore the Beat the Heat t-shirts in the playoffs And last week in the lead up to the showdown between Steph and Keeney, there rumors have been confirmed in the streets of Wheelers Hill that the DFF <laughs> wore Beat the Cheat t-shirts around the suburbs. He is still filthy about the trade between Jim and Keeney leading up to that matchup. And he truly believes there was collusion to ensure his loss. But he did prevail in the end and there has been an official organisational announcement down at the DFF's media day. Ned Guy has officially been named the new head football of operations at the at the WD40 centre. So based off that announcement with Ned Guy there, I'm going to predict the San Diego, San Diego Demons will easily fry the DFF. <laughs>
2: That's interesting you say that because he did claim to the league that if he did get the win, it would be his greatest achievement in fantasy, which to me does sound about right. A week 10 victory in this regular season, that's about as good as it's ever been for the DFF. (laughs) So I think he's bang on. Can I just close with, in this game, I've got to share something with you boys. And that was a text I got from the great man, Camo himself. And it reads as follows. Jets v. Chargers this week and me v. the DFF. I'll be nervously drinking whiskey from 5 a.m. Monday. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive at least one loss to a winless team. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is dead set concerned. The true optimist. Yeah. Ah, uh, enjoyed that. I can just imagine him sipping whiskey, and I don't think their game starts till a bit later anyway. So he might be pissed by the time the the charges play. Getting so on it early. Yeah, let's, um, let's move over to a really nice game. This was close to being matchup of the week, but it's just been pipped at the line. But the Prestige Worldwide, 6-4, and four, coming up against Pappas Punishers, also 6-4. and four. And gee whiz, this one's a big game and it has genuine playoff implications here. The winner of this one will be feeling like they've got a very strong chance to make the playoffs, but the loser could be feeling very nervous heading into Week 12 and 13. Both teams will only have one QB here to rely on. Um, and they're actually playing against each other. So, Jared Goff and the Rams taking on Brady and the Bucks on Monday. So, no doubt it could come down to that game. And Papa's also got Cooper Cup and Antonio Brown in that one as well. So, the prestige worldwide will need to be ahead by a fairly decent margin. And he's going to have to sweat that one out and hope he holds on. Um, oh, if, there'll be some bets made oh, for, the, for be that some, one. <laughs> he may not have enough cash in the account to just cover off all his bets that he needs to do. There could be multis galore. Um, But if you actually run down the board here, there's some really nice matchups uh, within games in this one. We've got Waller v. Kelsey. We've got Andrews v. Sneed. But the one we've all been waiting waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Davis v. Jonu Smith. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting an update on their bet that they made. And I know it was something about... I think it's air yards plus catches minus the targets and how many bench press reps they can do. I don't know. It was something like that. But gee whiz, I'm looking forward to seeing who's ahead at the end of this one. I think uh, from a prediction point of view, though, the projections in this one are really close and it certainly looks like that on paper. But I'm going to lean here towards uh, the carnivore himself, Andy Dalton, to feed lamb like he did last time they played. That's one of your great gags, Hod. I'm going to keep using it. Um, And I think it's going to be close, and I can see either team winning. But for mine, the prestige worldwide will continue to give the league members just what they want, which is a nice little race to the end for the sixth seed, which we'll get to shortly, Benjamin.
1: We sure will. But before we do that, we have our matchup of the week. Does see a divisional rivalry that has been strong since day one, and that's OJ's legal team sitting now at five and five, taking on the highly rated Bayside Executioners at eight and two. So, a winter scoot here, <laughs> a winter scoot here in this one, it would see him pretty much shut up this division. Uh, it would definitely put him, I think, uh, on the fringe with. Potentially me winning to make it somewhat competitive. But, yeah, a lot on the line. Jake's already uh, had Hopkins and Lockett play on the Friday here. Uh, Hopkins had a quiet night by his standards with only 7.6, but Lockett continues his impressive season, putting up a 17.2. I've got to move quickly because Hod told me that i take too long on these. So. <laughs> uh Rothersberger, Elliot, McKissick all have nice matchups for Jake. However, Zeke has been pretty horrendous in the last four games before his bye with uh, an 8, 5.6, 7.8, and 7.9. And Jake will be absolutely looking for him to recapture his form from the first five weeks of the season. On Scoot side, both Stafford and Bridgewater have that questionable tag beside their names, but it's looking probably more like Teddy will miss. And Stafford will play, but that will be an interesting game time decision for him to monitor. Alan Robinson's on bye, so he'll be looking at a questionable tagged Sammy Watkins to fill his shoes. So, another one that he's going to have to monitor pretty closely. And despite the tough matchups, I fully expect Devontae Adams and Dalvin Cook to bounce back this week and return to their top tier scoring. Um, Connor, Myers, Hurst, Parker, they all have solid matchups, and I'm predicting. This is my bold prediction here that Parker's going to have his first breakout game with Tua mm. throwing him the ball this week. He's had seven targets in, his, uh, in both of his games with him, but hasn't found the end zone yet. So I expect that to change against Denver. There's my bold prediction. And I reckon we'll even see Scoot's depth fully tested here this week, as it looks like he's going to have to roll Steven Sims out of his lineup. And for all of the listeners out there, that is a Washington wide receiver. Um, just in case you were wondering. So my prediction here is on the back of a solid start with Lockett, good matchups with Roethlisberger and Zeke and a strong potential that Scoop will have to roll with one QB, Sammy Watkins and Sims. I'm actually predicting that OJ's legal team will pound the executioners harder than he has ever pounded his gravel in the past. Gravel, yeah, even gavel. I stuffed up the punchline to my shoes. Oh, Jesus! I was about to say it's some good analysis
2: before you. You said uh, gravel. Maybe you just you throw down. gravel at him. I don't know.
1: Just yeah, maybe.
2: It, it's it's... I've never pounded any gravel.
1: Well, Well, the night is young, yeah. <laughs> as they say. Oh, let's uh, let's now look ahead to the playoff picture. Uh, the playoffs? Don't talk about. It. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We uh, will start with the number one seed now, which is the straight cash homies. He has moved up a spot and like in the power rankings, pushed the Bayside executioners down to the number two seed and Hod yourself sitting there just again as the number three seed, the real humdingers. So I think all the division leaders are two games clear with three games left. So wins, for clinchage is what they're hoping for there. Um, clinchage. Clinchage. Awesome clinchage. Why don't you round out the seeding there for us, Hod?
0: All right, we'll move to the four seed with the Prestige Worldwide right behind the number one seed for that division. Um, there's a three-way tie, however, at six and four with uh, Ben and Papa. So watch that one closely. The number five seed is Unero Numero One. Ooh, OJ's legal team. <laughs> 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 <Ooh, laughs> uh, he, he pretty much has this seed uh, sewn up. Uh, yeah. So if like, you he look, it'll be a miracle.
1: The scoring is pretty strong for Jake. Um, I was looking at this. So Matt's pretty close to him. So if Matt holds that fourth seed, it pretty much means that Jake's a lock for the five there because not too many teams c- close behind him.
0: There you go, and uh, the rounding out the six seed is the Pappas Punishers, uh, and in the hunt, who we got?
2: You want to go? We, yeah, I'll go. Well, uh, yeah, I think, and just with Jake, I think he scored enough that it's unlikely that if he was the six seed, that anyone would catch him as well. So yeah, he looks yeah. still pretty solid to to make the playoffs. It's just whereabouts he he ends up sitting. In terms of the guys in the hunt, we have got the Park City Lions. Who's currently will go off. He's 81 points off Matt for fourth. So that's the first point because he could um, could get into that four seed. But let's let's look at these kind of guys in the hunt from the sixth seed, and that's Papa. So he's has um, been 33 points off Papa. Not much of a margin to make up. The Johnny United's haircuts is just 50 points behind Papa. The Gym City Stallions is 56 behind. I think they're the three most logical six seed replacements. Um, and then we've got the Grouse, 129 points behind. Sandy, Ago, Demons, 159 points behind. And the DFF is, hasn't won yet. So I can't see him making the playoffs. Well, you know, don't, we don't 200, really
1: 288 there. points off the chase. You don't think he's a chance with three weeks left? I don't, I don't
2: know if he scored 288 this year. So it's going to be difficult.
1: No, it's going to be very hard. Well, we'll move to his side of it, which he'll be more interested in. And that is the chance for the number one pick. So... That is off max point scores, as we pointed out last week. So with a 41.4% chance, the DFF sitting there, he scored 1,234 points. Keeney, you're just behind. Uh, 1,285, so pretty close there. Uh, and the second, uh, second place there has a 25.1% chance. Camo's sitting with the third, which I actually hold still, at 1,350 points, which is the 15% chance. Manny... Uh, with a 9.2% chance on there with the 5.6% chance and Jim with the 34 But as we said, um, those sort of last three spots could be interchangeable. We'll sort of have to wait and see how these last few weeks play out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and as we said last week, if you, if you sum up your two first rounders, Ben, you're sitting at a 20.8% chance. So number three, most likely team to get that number one pick. So very, very interesting.
1: Hmm. And speaking of interesting Back to the future Ow my balls That is correct We would had in the past Have called this Hod's crystal balls But uh, he's a bit shell-shocked at the moment He was a bit off his game With the last few and, and Keeney's just come in And usurped the segment Which we now have to refer to As Keeney's crystal balls So Keeney mm-hmm. you got a few That you wanted to run through and
2: yeah, look, I didn't want to, I didn't want to step too much on your balls, Todd. So apologies in advance there. But um, I think this get is on. a bit of a. Sorry, go on, mate.
0: I was just going to say, get on with it, knackers.
2: Oh, good one. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's a bit of a, a tri-ball setup, if I will. Maybe a wow. tripod. Who knows? But oh. we are, of course, t- talking about the Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston kind of situation that we have here, and. My crystal balls um, are the following, and that that is the reasoning behind why the Saints are going to the Taysom Hill. And my first reason is because I think that you'll find Jameis Winston has a few game time incentives in that contract. So I think the salary cap stricken Saints don't want to spend unnecessary cash when they don't need to. Number two, I think they may have seen what they needed to see and maybe they, they like what they see and they're just willing to hold him back from the rest of the league and sign him next year on a bit of a cheaper deal rather than exposing him to the rest of the league. And number three, and I think this is probably more the real reason behind it all, and that is because I think Sean Payton coming up against a division rival that the Saints genuinely dislike in Atlanta... want to make it pretty hard for the opposition to prep for. And I think Taysom Hill is the man for that. There's hardly any vision of him playing quarterback versus what there is of Jameis. And I think he's going to have quite a few packages with Taysom Hill ready to go um, and might catch the Falcons off guard and might just end their season right here, right now. So that is my AAA crystal balls for this week.
1: Nice, Lovely. some spicy stuff thrown out there. And I like the notion that Peyton's going to splurge his Taysom Hill uh, load package. against Atlanta there. <laughs> Get it Reveal all his out, package. Man. Reveal yeah. his package would be fantastic.
0: Any thoughts on that one, Hod? No, I just can't wait for next week's Hod's crystal ball. That will be Jameis... Comes in on the second snap and was
1: the quarterback all along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Time will tell. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of the EDL pod. Be sure to check us out, Instagram and Twitter at EDL pod. More content going up there each day. So make sure you're part of it. There's some juicy things to uh, sink your teeth into. And there's only three games to go in the regular season now. It's pretty tight. The uh, both the playoff race and the draft seeding as we pointed out earlier so that will be uh, watched very closely by all league members and I have a feeling that after this week we may have some teams who are locked in to their playoff berths so that's going to be my prediction. What do you think, Ken? Yeah.
2: No, I agree with you and I just want to apologise for the lateness of this podcast. I know the boys are excited about listening to it so we'll try and do our best to have it out a bit earlier in the future but I agree with you, Ben. I'm looking forward to seeing some clinchage by oh, this time next week.
0: Oh, good segue. We've had a lot of Cubs mention and talked about balls and speaking of which, I am recording from the only room in this household without air conditioning. So fair to say, gravity's <laughs> doing its thing. And on that note, podcast over
1: and out. <laughs>
2: oh, he's got some sweaty crystal balls. Ooh. Oh,
1: boy. All I do at the end of this is just look for whatever sound grab I haven't played for the whole thing. (laughs) How many can I fit in in this last 10 seconds?